It's Wednesday, December 22nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's uh, getting close to the end of the year. We're, uh, we're starting to see uh, a, a little bit of the shuffling that we would normally see uh, maybe in, in November-ish and, and then again close towards the, the start of uh, training camp. Uh, in terms of coaching staffs and uh, you know situations uh, being filled out by teams, uh, not necessarily on the player front, but more organizationally, uh, we, we got the last of the available managerial spots uh, filled after Buck Showalter was named uh, Mets uh, co- a manager uh, last week. Uh, yesterday, the A's officially hired Mark Kotze as their manager. Uh, Kotze, a guy who played in Oakland and had been on the staff there for a while, uh, this seemed just like uh, the easiest and most natural fit for uh, for Oakland. Yeah, definitely. He, you know, he what I think he played about 17 years, Joe. He played for a long time in the big leagues. Uh, this, but this is his first uh, managerial gig, so that, that's going to be interesting. And he's probably in a good, you know, that's that's a good place to start. I think, you know, it, when uh, the A's let Bob Melvin walk and you know join. Uh, the Padres, it, it was obvious that, you know, they were kind of retooling or maybe kind of taking a step back and going to evaluate their talent, maybe, you know, start over a little bit. So Kotze can uh, grow with that team. Yeah. And they weren't going to go out and spend on a, on a big name or a, you know, anything, a guy with a lot of experience or anything like that. This was, this was going to be a hire from within and Kotze was the, the guy who sort of they identified early on in the process. And like you said, uh, with a, a team that's gonna gonna play a lot of young guys, this is a, a guy who's going to sort of grow with that team, uh, and, and hopefully uh, for for Marcotte, he can he can stay in the driver's seat for for a little while there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, you, you you the Mets hire Showalter. Showalter never played in the big leagues, but you know he's managed what four or five teams. He's been a manager of the year three three team three or I think three times. And, uh, you know, Katze played 17 years in the big leagues and this is it, you know, he's never managed and he's, you know, this is his first time around. So I guess you can get to be a manager in a lot of different ways in the, in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, Matt Kataro, a former, uh, Cleveland assistant hitting coach, uh, it was one of the finalists for the Mets job. Uh, and he's obviously a, a guy whose name is going to come up now every time there's a, an opening. Uh, he did very well in those interviews. So, you know, he's not a guy who had a particularly uh, illustrious career uh, as a player. He just uh, he just seems to always be in the mix there with these with interviewing for these positions and, uh, you know, experience on Kevin Cash's uh, staff. Uh, never hurt anybody as well. Yeah, he's done a lot of things. You know, he came up in uh, the Rays organization, uh, managed there in the minors. He's Cash's. Uh, bench coach now I think he was you know his uh, maybe his third base coach when he came over from went over from Cleveland so he's done a lot of different uh, uh, jobs you know I, I've taught I taught I you know when he was with Cleveland I I always talked to him he was he's a good guy and a soft-spoken uh, you know interesting it'd be interesting to see if he gets a shot I hope he does and just what kind of job he does. Uh, speaking of the Guardians uh, we Got uh, if just by scrolling through Twitter and, and following along, we, we picked up 
uh, word from an Ohio State uh, pitching assistant, uh, Brad Goldberg. Uh, he announced that he would be joining the organization as a, as a pitching assistant in some capacity. We haven't heard anything officially from the club on that, but uh, just taking Brad Goldberg at his word on Twitter, uh, looks like he's going to be uh, in Cleveland as a member of the Guardians pitching staff, uh, adding him as another cog in the pitching machine, I guess, uh, is, is one way to look at it. Uh, we don't know if that's uh, officially as a replacement for Ruben Niebla, who was on the major league staff, or if he's going to enter in in the minors somewhere on the development staff. And that means somebody gets a promotion up to the, uh, the big league staff from elsewhere. Uh, so Brad Goldberg, Ohio State assistant, uh, looking like he's going to be uh, with the Guardians in 2022. Yeah, Joe, that's, uh, you know, you raise a good point. Uh, they really haven't named uh, a replacement for Niebla as the assistant pitching coach at the big league level. Um, so I, I don't know if uh, Goldberg is, that's, that's where he's headed, you know, but uh, it'll be an interesting choice. And so many, so many teams now are, uh, you know, drawing from college ranks is, you know, for coaches, for hitting coaches and, and, uh, and pitching coaches and pitching consultants and, you know, stats guys. So, you know, this, this makes sense. And it's not very, he doesn't have to travel very far to get to Cleveland. So uh, right up uh, what I-71 or I-80. So Right. Well, with the number of college pitchers that Cleveland drafted in last year's draft or in this past draft, uh, I would think that, you know, this would be a guy who would have a familiarity with uh, at least a few of them from the, from the scouting ranks, from the, uh, you know, from the, the recruiting ranks, really just uh, being around a college program, having an, an idea of who some of these guys were, uh, you know, that might be an advantage and, and a reason why Cleveland would want to dip into the college ranks to, to pull some coaching uh, talent there. Yeah, in the last draft, what, uh, they took 18, I mean, 19 pitchers out of 21 picks, and 18 were college pitchers. So, you know, maybe he's got a pipeline to some of these guys. Yeah, just at least some sort of feel for some of them. Uh, speaking of a guy who had a, a, a tremendous feel, Eric Chavez announced as a, an assistant hitting coach for the Yankees. So he's going to go there. Uh, you said that uh, – that the Yankees are bringing back uh, a few people on their staff. They announced their staff. And I think uh, uh, the, the former pitching assistant in Cleveland, who's the, the pitching coach there now, uh, Blake is, is uh, Matt Blake is the, is still the pitching coach in, in New York for now. Yeah. Matt Blake will be, uh, you know, this will be his third year had really a, a lot of success for a guy that really never pitched in the big leagues. Never. I don't think he ever pitched professionally. But, you know, he did a nice job in Cleveland. Uh, the, uh, the Yankees identified him, and he's one of those guys, Joe, that, you know, I think he pitched in college. He uh, was a pitching coordinator at one of those, uh, you know, training facilities. Um, and, you know, he it's kind of a, an example of the new uh, breed of coaches that teams, you know, the big league teams are, uh, you know, kind of striving for a guy that is maybe anal analytically inclined and, uh, you know, shows he can relate to big league pitchers on and off the field. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting, you know, uh, interesting uh, development in, in baseball coaching. And, uh, you know, uh, Blake has done a nice job. Yeah, it's hard not to have uh, success as a pitching coach when yeah. 
your your club's willing to spend 140 million dollars on a starting pitcher uh, in free agency. So, uh, you know, I, I give him credit. He he does a really good job, like you said. But uh, again, he does sort of he is sort of sitting on unlimited resources in, in New York right now. Definitely, definitely, that's a nice place to be if yeah. you're a pitching coach. Uh, no uh, further word or any more details on the David Blitzer situation uh, as far as Cleveland and a potential uh, minority investor for the Dolan family uh, to, to, you know, help out here and, you know, maybe inject some, some cash and some life and some, uh, you know, just uh, a new feeling here in the organization uh, moving forward. Uh, we got the word, uh, you know, that came out uh, earlier in the week here that Dolan was uh, in serious talks with this or confirmed serious discussions. But uh, nothing further on that. Uh, probably won't hear anything for another couple of weeks, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think maybe we'll hear something after the holidays, Joe. I mean, I think unless something breaks, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it sounds like uh, you know these negotiations have, have been going on for a while, and then progress has been has been made. So uh, you know, all we can do is kind of sit and wait right now. All right. All right. Uh, Time to turn our attention to today's uh, Cleveland prospect of the day uh, as we count down the remaining few uh, names on the 40-man roster. The, the one that comes up today, Connor Pilkington, uh, who was acquired at the trade deadline in exchange for, uh, for Cesar Hernandez uh, from the White Sox. Uh, Connor Pilkington went over to uh, AA and pitched about eight games at Akron after he was acquired. Uh, this is a guy who is on the 40-man roster now uh, and, and could look to be giving uh, Cleveland some depth as a starting pitcher in, in 2022. Yeah, you look at that, uh, you know, you look at the rotation, you know, the kind of the way it breaks down right now, Joe, you, with uh, Bieber, Savali, Plesek, uh, McKenzie, and uh, uh, who, who am I forgetting? Quantrill. Uh, Quantrill. And, uh, you know, so you look at those five guys, you look at the guys behind them, uh, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Phil, uh, no, not Phil. Uh, who, Eli Morgan. Yeah, Eli Morgan. And then, you know, kind of, you know, you, you're kind of grasping a little bit. So maybe uh, uh, Pilkington is, is a guy that, you know, kind of fits into that, like you were saying, a depth guy. You know, he'll get a first, he'll get a shot in, in, at the 40-man this spring. Uh, and, you know, really put up some decent numbers. Um, this past season at, you know, double a Birmingham and, and Akron uh, after the trade uh, seven and six, 3.04 ERA, 22 games, 21 starts. Uh, he struck out 120 guys in, in just over a hundred innings had a whip of 0.99. So, uh, wow. you know, that, that's kind of encouraging. And uh, you know, the opposition hit 187 against him in Akron and 173 against Birmingham when he pitched for Birmingham. So, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, kind of a very interesting guy. Yeah, he's 24 years old. Uh, he was the number 17 prospect in Chicago's uh, top 30 there when the trade uh, happened. I, I thought that was, you know, a pretty decent uh, pickup. You get their number 17 prospect for, for Cesar Hernandez, and that, you know, that it, was a was a pretty nice uh, pickup there. I 
I don't know, man. Are they going to have enough innings to go around in spring training to get these guys, especially in these uh, early exhibition games? You, you got to think uh, a guy like Pilkington is a guy they're going to want to get a look at. They're going to want to see him uh, early on. And he, you got to think about, uh, you know, last year they had the, the shortened games in spring training. Uh, I, I got to imagine that that's not going to happen this year because there's going to be a need to see a lot of these guys uh, on the 40 man who, who, you, you know, you know what you've got with Bieber and, and Plesak and Savali and all that, but, but really you want to know what you have with rope uh, with, uh, with Pilkington and, and Peyton Battenfield and, you know, uh, Tobias Myers and even uh, Cody Morris, if, if those guys are ready to, to make that next step. You know, that, that's a great point, Joe. And, uh, you know, usually, like, the guys they want to see, you know, they'll, they'll pitch early in the, in the uh, exhibition season. They'll, they'll get the starts. And, uh, you know, guys like Bieber and, and Savali and Plesak, uh, maybe not McKenzie and, and uh, uh, Quantrill, because I, I would imagine they want to see those guys. But, you know, th- those, those top three guys, would pitch on the backfields maybe, you know, and they could do inter-squad games or, you know, simulated games, just get their work in that way while, you know, you get to see the newer guys, the guys that you, that the, the coaching staff really doesn't have a feel for yet. Yeah, it, it sets up the uh, photo ops where you see the, the pictures of guys like Shane Bieber and his draft class all huddled around behind the backstop while Corey Kluber is out on the mound uh, pitching on a backfield. And Makes for a great photo op, uh, you know, several years later when Shane Bieber's a, an all-star and a Cy Young winner, and, and you get to, you know, make stories out of that. But uh, so really, uh, that, that's sort of the situation that is, is coming up here is a guy like a Connor Pilkington who, you know, really sort of showed what he can do in, in, in the minors last year. Uh, now it's, it's what he's going to be expected to do. Uh, I would imagine he starts the year at, uh, you know, if, if not Akron, then definitely at, 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 or if not, there's a possibility he starts the season at AAA is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that, that's probably where he, he begins and, and stays and waits and just, you know, waits for the call that, hey, either there's an injury or a, a quirk in the schedule where we need a spot starter. And, and, and if he's the guy who has performed well early, then he's, he's sort of, that, that, that's it. I, I don't know. Do you think that they're going to do the same situation that they did last year and delay the start of the, the minor league season for a, a month and then have like a, a situation where they have with the, the alternate site guys, uh, with the triple the, the a guys who are close. You know, that's a great point. I, I, I do not know, you know, because uh, you know, with the way COVID is now uh, you know, it's kind of, it's made a comeback. So, you know, they really, they only want, they could only have a certain number of bodies in the training facility, you know, at one time. And that's why the big league team went, what, in February, and checked out in, at the end of March, and, and the, the rest of the minor leaguers came in then. So uh, they might have to run it that way again. Uh, and then, you know, with, uh, you know, when the AAA team br- breaks with the big league club, because most of those guys, you know, are on the 40, man, then you go into, what, a two-week uh, – you know, alternate training site in Columbus. So that could very well happen again, Joe. Yeah, it was, it was weird because they weren't necessarily playing minor league games. They were almost playing like club games uh, with the minor league teams that were around in Indianapolis and, and Toledo. And, and, you know, so we were getting reports on how these guys were doing, but it wasn't even 
really like full fledged minor league games at the time. So, you know, it'll, it'll be tough to, to figure that out and how it's going to go. I would imagine that we're going to see something sort of similar to that again this year, like you said, because the, the COVID protocols and they, they kind of just want to keep everybody distanced, but uh, you know, maybe beyond this season, we'll, we'll see a change in that. And uh, if there's another way to get the minor league guys to start on time, as opposed to delaying the start of the season. Uh, yeah. Let's hope, uh, you know, as, you know, after missing the 220, 2020 season, you know, the more these guys can get on the field, the better off, you know, they'll be the, the minor league guys. And, uh, you know, they, what the AAA team played to what in the mid September this past season. So, uh, you know, I'm, and, uh, you know, I'm not when the short season, you know, the A ball teams and the double A guys, well, even Akron played late into September too. So, you know, that's another alternative, but I think I would, I would have much, I would think they, they much rather have, you know, all the team, you know, the, as many players in the complex as they could, all the minor league teams. I think it's probably easier to, uh, you know, teach and, and it's easier to have B games. You know, you can have a minor league game whenever you need it. Uh, minor, so, um, you know, I, I would, they, they would probably prefer to do it, you know, the old way, but right now, you know, COVID has kind of reshaped the way, you know, the training, the training process takes place. Yeah. Just the, the scheduling and the knowing where each guy is and, you know, having uh, minor league guys available for those exhibition games, because, you don't want to be playing your your regular guys, your full time guys, every inning early on in that, that exhibition season. You want to give them, you know, three innings and then fly, and then you know bring them, work them in gradually. Uh, and 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 Tito knows that he they they they've done that over the years. It's just been really difficult over these this last season because you know who who are you bringing up if if there isn't a minor league camp going on at the same time? That's that's what made it really difficult last year. Uh, you know, and aside from the fact that he didn't have, uh, you know, Brad Mills running things, he, he had DeMarlo Hale and sort of breaking him in and, and getting DeMarlo, I think, with a, a second season under his belt, uh, DeMarlo will be a little more familiar, but uh, they'll, they'll make it work, I guess. Uh, it, it's it remains to be seen. But, you know, we sort of still have to get past the lockout here first. Uh, get past yeah. the lockout, get, get, get to spring training, and these will all be problems i'm sure they will be glad to have at the time uh when when spring training does arrive first things first <laughs> there's there's a natural Joe, there's one one stat yep. about pilkington kind of jumps out at me what's up yeah uh lefties hit 214 against them righties hit 163 against them I mean, he's a reverse he's a reverse splits guy yeah that's that's uh that's interesting i mean uh that, that tells guy, that tells me he needs to guy. And it tells me he needs to work on a change up to the lefties. That's uh, that's what it tells me. But you know, if that's if that's the case, what two fourteen two fourteen still isn't all that, you know, great. Yeah. I, I think I, those are those are really good numbers. Uh, wait, yeah, he's 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 not a lefty, right? Yeah, he's a lefty. Yeah. Oh, he's a lefty. Okay. Well, then he's not a reverse splits guy. All right. Uh, That'll do it for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We've got two more shows here in 2021, and then we will be off for a week uh, after Christmas. Uh, Hoinsey, we will wrap it up with a couple more prospects on Thursday and Friday. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.